212. What it do, baby booze. My name is Van Van. I'm trying to play playing outside every day. Mm-mm. Playing outside. My name is Van Van. I'm trying to play playing outside every day. Whoa. Yeah. Welcome to the Fair That's Podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. That was me just warming up the mic because it's been a while and I'm sure y'all know that um and also this is a Van Van Stan account if you don't know who Van Van is you need to go search on the internet the cutest little girl but y'all hey y'all welcome to the Fairy Thoughts podcast again where psychology pop culture and self meet we are back with a new episode and today's episode we have a very special guest Nuni from the everyday people not even collective but conglomerate and brand that it is um, but before we get into that I have a special announcement if y'all follow Toby Nwegwe you know he's like public service announcement that's me right now <laughs> but y'all the subject line penny for your thoughts is featured in feed spots top 25 humanist podcast hi penny i'm the founder of feed spot i would personally like to congratulate you as your podcast penny for your thoughts podcast has been selected by our panelists as one of the top 25 humanist podcasts on the web i personally want to give you a high five and want to thank you for your contribution to this world this is the most comprehensive list of top 25 podcasts on the internet, and I'm honored to have you part of this. So crazy. So the best humanist podcast from thousands of podcasts on the web, and I, the, the list is ranked by traffic, social media followers, and freshness, and your girl's number 11. I'm going to link it below. Make sure y'all go check that out, share it, and everything. Very exciting very motivating like god does not play you take one step god's gonna take five more steps for you and he's just gonna let you know like you're doing what you supposed to be doing so i just want to say that and thank you to everyone who listens thank you to everyone who messages me like where the hell you at just thank you guys so much continue to listen please i know it's kind of hard when i'm not consistent but rock out with me i promise it'll be worth it and yes like comment subscribe rate and review very important rate and review get on that youtube and subscribe even if you just listen more subscribers on my youtube all this will be linked below but yeah let's get into this interview with nunny oh love you guys i hope you guys enjoy welcome to the for your thoughts podcast where psychology pop culture and self meet i'm here with nuni and i know you have a real name Dasheen, Dasheen Jordan is my full name. Nani, Nani, is the way most you supposed to say it, but a lot of people say Nuni. I be letting that shit. I be letting this slide. Can I curse on her? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 yeah. So I will. I'll introduce you exactly how you do yourself. You said you said one of the greatest filmmakers alive. So run us down. We know everyday people. That's like the obvious. If for anyone who does know you, but what else do you do in, in the world of film? I've worked with a, a bunch of people. I've worked with uh, Dreamville, Boss. Shout out to Boss and Dreamville. I've worked with, of course, everybody from everyday people like MoMA, uh, Sinclair, Maine, all those guys. Um, Janelle Monet, of course. We've done events with she her. She's so dope. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, there's so many things. Uh, a lot of, all the magazines, Complex, Essence, Vibe. Uh, remember Vibe? Vibe was my. Yeah. Vibe is my, my, my homegirl um, writes for Vibe still. It's still. Yeah. It's still kicking it. Still kicking source. Uh, we see a lot of clothing brands. I've been around for about over 15 years now. So I've been yeah. around for a while. It's like, I would have to like sit down and like circle back and be like, these are all the brands I work with. Some of the brands aren't very as popular. Shout out to Very Black. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the brands aren't as popular as they used to be. So it's just really like, to say them, people are going to be like, who? Yeah, uh-huh. but still, but 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 you 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 do the thing like you do it. I've been around, yes, the block. And, you, and you've been doing it before it was a thing to do all this stuff, right? Back when it was, back when it was harder. I'm yeah, saying. when people wanted when people wanted three to six minute videos for like a hundred dollars. That's insanity. 
freaking insanity. I That's swear. insanity. Well, I wanted to interview you because I we randomly met. I don't even know. I was with my homegirls who are from South Africa, and we we were just at this random like rooftop party. I'm not sure even what it was. And I was in my own little mood and fuck, and we just started talking. Like your story, literally. I could cry, but I'm not going to cry. It literally gave me, like, hella life that day because I just was, like, thinking about my life in a sense of just, like, you know how you get into, like, a woe is me type of, like, mindset or just, you know, you just feel, like, stuck and stuff like that and you just, like, God always sends you, like, these little messages here and there and we just, I like, we just sat down and was chopping it up and you had this life story that was so inspiring and just kind of just, like, like kind of put into perspective, like, what life needs to be for me in that moment, in a sense, and, like, what actually matters in this life. So I was, like, people need to hear this story. It's, like, it's insane, especially people like us, creatives, black people, like, young black people, young black men. So we'll definitely get into that story soon. Um, but let's help the girls out with the pen pal letter. So as you guys know, we... You guys write me Penny Peace on Instagram or my email, pennyperiodanasty at gmail.com. And I help y'all out. I am not a doctor. I am not, I don't have nobody's license, but I can help you guys from my experience and so can my guests. So here it goes. Dear Penny, this guy that I'm talking to is so amazing. I really like him, but we are in a gray area. We aren't together yet, but it seems like he sees me as a potential partner and so do I. We have a great chemistry and a good time together, and I really think he's the one. I want to be patient, but the gray area makes me anxious. He throws parties as well, so he's always outside, usually respectfully, but 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 he be out there. I go to some of his parties, but I get really anxious whenever I see him talking to a girl, and I feel disrespected sometimes. And sometimes it could be a friend or a genuine work conversation. Like, I guess he, like, manages tables and stuff like that. So what should I do? Should I stop going to the parties? Is he not for me because I may not be able to handle the attention that he gets and how he has to be friendly in his job? I don't know. Help. So I'm going to let you go first because this seems like your forte. That I go through. Yeah. Every time. Even with. Okay, so it's it's his girlfriend already, right? No, gray area. Ooh. That's a problem. Okay, now I've I've had they're like in a situation shit, but they but like they both see each other as a potential something. Okay, so I I've had two different types of situations. I'm in my 30s, so I've I've had like great relationships with women in my 30s for the last mm -hmm. seven to like I'll say seven years. The first relationship was in my earlier 30s, and she gave me problems. She didn't want to see girls talking to me. She was really jealous and. It would burn inside. It didn't matter what it was. I could introduce to they could become friends. At the end of the day, she still thought that person wanted to have sex with me. Yeah. Me. So it didn't matter what what it was. She just to her was like, nah, that she wanted to suck his dick. And so, and were y'all and y'all were together. Like y'all were committed. We were together. We were committed. It was my girlfriend. And then the second girl, mm -hmm. my recent ex, the last one, she was more open to everything and then she became friends with everybody and mm -hmm. then i got jealous like oh shit <laughs> why you why you why you friends with all my friends yeah like i want to spend time with them too they, they went from asking asking about me to asking about her yeah and i was like that's that's genius like so i would like say that's a that, better way to play it best way to play it because then Ooh. it's like well all right that's his friend that's his associate let me get to know them without him like, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't think it was going to be like, oh, we're best of friends now. I'm just like, how you best friend with my best friend? Like, right. Like, like, how, like, like, that's my friend. Like, what's going on? How's that? Your yeah. Friend? That's my people. Like, nah, it's her people now. Now. And do you I'm think like, for the first girl that it was like an insecurity on her part? Or do you think that you could have done better with making her feel like secure? Like, what do you think? Because I feel like I a lot of the times. It was all her. It was all her. And then I I did everything I've everything I've done bef like later on I've done it with her. Yeah. And it matter she just had this ideal like if you have an ideal like an idea of someone. Yeah. Can, like all, all the idea of how the how the uh the most of the people that work in that uh like you know most promoter party promoters are whores to most people like yeah whores or they seem as like I want to date everybody. It's like that's not always what all of us are about and. I don't really consider myself a party promoter anymore. Like I'm just a, just a great host. Yeah. I'm not a host. Yeah. And I like having women friends. I have a lot more women friends than I do male friends. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm trying to be up under women all day. 
you guys are just sometimes better friends and, and right. sometimes you guys give the best advice a lot of times actually and, and you know sometimes when you're talking to your guys about something that's bothering you they give you that uh hey fuck that bitch man we're gonna do this and that like yo i don't need that yeah because that, that's not reality like, like no mm-hmm. so i would say for her if like if she really loves him or likes him i say you know be strong uh keep it up or do what my ex did like just friend him up until he like all right i'm gonna stop introducing because I, I need friends myself, you know. But he might actually like that, like, if she does that. Yeah, I think, I think that's the one. I feel like whenever I have been in that space, it's because, like, I'm insecure because of, like, we are in the gray space. So it's like, I don't know who, who these girls are. Like, I don't know who's who, what's what, who wants you. Especially if I'm dating an, an, a super eligible bachelor, it's like, people might want him in a sense. And it's like, you can create that narrative though in your head and project that. And then it can actually start happening too. Like, it's really just like what you create. So it's like, I think that's really good advice. Like be friends with those girls or those people. So you know what's going on for real, for real. And even they they can't even cross you after that because then they're wrong because like they made friends with you. Yeah, true, true. You know? Trust me, I think that was the... That to me was played the best by my ex. Like that was like I, me personally, thought that was the smartest thing I've ever saw. Like I was like, that's this is smart. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought to be like, you know what? Now I become friends with all these women. Now you can't do nothing, even if you want to. I yeah, because they like, don't they think you like. And you, know, <laughs> you know your boo trying to fuck, or you know your boo here and my DMs. Like even if yeah. I wanted to, I couldn't. So I was like, damn, that's it's a genius move. I like that one. I have not I heard check, that one either. She checkmated me. And I wasn't even trying to, you know, my, my, my ex was amazing, I, you know, to the fault. And like, she, you, I'm going to bring up a few more times because the more we, we talk. She's a part of the story. Yeah, okay. Incredible woman. Shout out to Shantae Pitts. I oh, love you. Shout out to you, girl. Um, But pretty yeah. much, um, yeah, no, that's a checkmate right there. I feel like I got okay. checkmate. I, that was the first time ever I felt, damn, I, I was defeated on something I didn't know I even. <laughs> could be defeated on i was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you don't think normally like like the guy normally isn't trying to be disrespectful no i mean for me and some people maybe like someone you actually are, are like interested in or really dating like you're not trying to like be disrespectful in their face no, not a, not someone where i can get caught like right. get caught like easy if you're if you're outside i don't never understand why promoters or people who do jobs that have you in the forefront like, if mm-hmm. I can spot you, I know where you are. Why would you do that? Why would you be doing that? Right. Yeah. You know, it don't make sense. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with his advice, girl. So that that was really, like, good advice. So and we could even, like, melt that over to, like, your story. Because, obviously, we mentioned everyday people. That's a huge part of your story. But I, w- I would love to know, like, who you uh, like who you were, who you are now, and, like, where you see yourself in the future. Like, how would you even get to working with everyday people. And also for the people who don't know about the party, which is crazy if you don't, like that's nuts. Um, yeah, let people know like what it is, who you guys are and stuff like that. We are, uh, I, this is the way I view us is like this. I feel like we're salon doing Beyonce numbers. Mm. Like we, we're an independent company ourselves, but we, we're doing like stadium. We can do stadiums in big places. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we have, a good amount of people on our team too. We have a lot of people on our team. Mm-hmm. I would say we probably have about twenty to thirty people, maybe. How did it start? Like, what's the story of how it started? From what I re- from what I was told, because I've been there for a long time. I've been there for a while, you know. But um, it all started with Sada. She came to MoMA and Roble, and she said I wanted to do a party, a brunch, because it started as a brunch. She mm-hmm. wanted to do a party. It was a brunch and. uh she went to, and she wanted a certain type of crowd to be there of black mm-hmm. people, you know? And she also wanted that, you know, that party vibe and, you know, cause what it was before, it ain't like it is now. It's like yeah. different, totally vibes. So Roble at the time was a really popular dude on TV and, you know, in the industry and, and chefing it up and everything. And Moma was also very well known and popular with the DJ. And then Sada was doing really well and popular. Oh, and and um, oh, she, I forgot what she was working, but she was really doing well too. And only person I knew was Sada, Ramondre. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get into that. So then they they ended up doing one. The first one was at the Rivington, back in like I don't even want to say the year, but uh, it was a long, it was a while back, and it was it was just a brunch, you know. Mm-hmm. As it progressed on and on, they had another like room. So after the brunch, people would go to the rooms, oh, dancing, and then people heard about it like, oh, all right. 
well, yeah, like let's go there and let's go see. And it got bigger and bigger. By next year, um, we ended up at uh, the DL. Let's fast yeah, forward yeah. a couple of. Uh, I was in. I was in a really dark place at that time too. You know, that's a whole different story. Uh, I'll tell you if, if mm-hmm. we ever talk about it. No, I was definitely. in a dark place, but mm-hmm. I also was. You know, I still had to pay bills and shit. You know, I was living in the city at the time, and uh, I was just running around outside way too long. I, I'm talking about after hours, all that. So I would never. I could never catch the party because it was too early. It was started at like three, and I'm like just getting in the house at like eleven, twelve. Yeah. Wow, man, shit. <laughs> One time I caught it the flyer and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to it on this Saturday. Went to it, I filmed it because I realized there was nobody filming it. So I was like, I'm gonna go there and give them what they need. Mm. Went there, filmed it. Never done a slow motion video ever in my life. So it was a real like tested, like a testament for me. And I was like, yo, if I do this, they might wanna put me on and it might be with a team. I do the video, I send it to, I only knew, like I said, I only knew Sada. But the person I knew from, but I knew other people there, like my man Josh from uh, Street Inquisitor, uh, Cam- Sherry Camacho, uh, Kitty Cash, a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Who was together. Um, so I sent it to them. And Camacho, shout, shout out to Sherry Camacho. She sent it to Sada. And Sada, Sada said, Noni, thank you so much. She sent it to Moma and uh, Robley. Immediately, Robley DMs me, what's your number? I need to call you now. Mm-hmm. He calls me, he says, that video was fire, my boy. <laughs> we need more. I want to hire you to do another video. I was like, bet. Say less. So I was like, that's it. And then I met up with him. He pointed out some things like this can't be in it, that can't, this, that. Because you know, now I'm learning more about the business. And like, and if you if you ever see the first video, there's middle fingers, there's a lot, this this repetitive stuff. I, I feel like you're like so good at like capturing like that raw essence of people like really having fun, you know, and it's not like stage. I'm not sure if you're having fun with them or how you do that without them getting awkward. You know, people get awkward when the camera comes around, but like you really are able to like get people like in that zone. I feel like everyday people, it's like, yes, it's like, it's a party, but people get to just move and be free. And I feel like now people are dancing and doing that more. But back then people weren't dancing and being free and moving like in that way. At least, nope. like, like, not of color, you know, yeah. Right. So that's nope. so, like, super dope. Plus, it always was like that. Every time I've been in that party, people were just dancing. Yeah. The thing that wasn't a normal thing yet was camera and people faces. But depending on what city you're in, it's different. Toronto, they're not as, like, to the camera because, you know, they mm-hmm. like, want to be seen and you got to be careful with that. And it's a whole mm. culture thing. Um, LA is just all like, oh, yeah, camera. Like, getting there, there. yeah, oh, yeah. New York is too. But LA is, is a different every like I say, every I like in Houston we, we used to have like in the mix and like remember all that type of stuff, like in yeah. the mix and like allparties.com or something. I forgot what it was called. All right. But like with just photos and stuff though. Yeah, I, I feel like everyday people is, is like a, a party that's from the, the old times that is a that is a adjusting and um reshaping itself into the new times. Mm-hmm. What the party was in the beginning there was nothing but models. Um, a bunch of young kids dancing and um, a lot of uh, cool older people that was like 25. I was like 24 at the time, I think 23. Now it's the same thing, but it's like a lot more of culture of like, you know, African culture has really em- embraced the, uh, cause you know, the three, uh, uh, the, the, the main like founders are all African, you know? Mm-hmm. So the culture of that was like really embedded into, into our mm-hmm. party. So it's it's like really fun. The whole Black American culture, African culture, you know, the Black diaspora, the African diaspora is all mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. it's just a thing to see and be a part of. And that's why people love it so much. Or when did you find your thing in film? It, it, I'll say it started in high school when I lost my scholarship to play ball, play football. Mm-hmm. Lost an injury, a head injury, and it was just like a that's over with, my boy. And I was like, well, I'm going to take a year from college. Because I did that, I was out here wheeling and dealing, running the streets, doing dumb shit. And I was just mm. like, I want to go back to school, but I want to go away to school. So I ended up, my boy, I'm going to tell you three stories. I'm going to tell you two stories first of how women have been an intricate part of my career. Okay. Like, big time. Mm-hmm. The first one, my boy, D, uh, D. Gabe, shout out to D. Gabe, Derek uh, Gabriel. He came, we was in a chicken spot chilling, me and my man Carly, uh, 
Smith and a few other people. He goes in like, yo, school is fire. I went to Sullivan. He's like, school is fire. It's a dorm. They got off campus. What he said to me that stood up the most was dorm, off campus housing. And he goes, for every guy, there's three to four girls. I'm like. <laughs> you like, I'm there. What you mean by that? <laughs> there's me, and then there's three women for me. And then there's you, and there's three women for you. I'm like, oh, you talking about fractions and shit. You talking about math, math. I was like, all right, bet. Then I'm like, so I applied, got in, and I had to figure out what uh, major I was going to do. I was going to do liberal arts. I was like, nah, let me see. I ran into communication and media art. I read that. It said TV, film. I said, I like TV. I like film. I didn't know I could learn to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm from Farrakaway, Queens. I'm from the hood. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a dummy, but it, like, I'm also, at that time, was very ignorant to a lot of things. That's that, the way the system was made up. So you wouldn't know what you could do. Exactly. So I ended up picking that because I was like, that sounds fun. Like something I would want to learn and be a part of. Because I picked that. I go to school. I fall deeply in love with creating film. 2008 hits. Uh, I am, uh, I'm kicking it with a young lady. I kept getting a phone call. Bring, bring. I'm annoyed at it. It's my boys. They kept, they called five times, six times in a row. I'm like, what's up? They're like, yo, we're coming to get you right now. We're going to Kid Cudi's listening party for his first mixtape. Oh, That's snap. That album. was a moment. Yes. Yes. This is 2008. So day and night. Long era. Yes. Day and night, not even big yet. I'm like, who Kid Cudi? I'm like. I looked at her. I was like, he's like, yo, we got to be there. Somebody said it's important. At that time, we had a company. It was called Rated R, a.k.a. also Rockstar Society. And I really wanted to be a, a, a big factor in that. And I was like, I, I looked at Shorty. I was like, yo, I, I got to go. It's kicked out. She says, you will never get close to me like this again. I was like, huh, all right, whatever. Well, yeah. I, I'm in the car like this. Well, mind you, it's a Monday. Oh this my Sunday. gosh. We've been to a party on a Monday, so I'm very confused. I'm like, why is this a party on a Monday? It was like a Monday or Tuesday. I think it was like a Tuesday. I'm going to say Monday. Industry shit, though. Yeah, I was like, yeah, at the time, I didn't know it. This mm-hmm. is freshly out of college a year ago. I'm like 22. And I also learned what open bar was. I didn't even know open bar existed. I didn't know what the hell that was because I wasn't really drinking like that back in those days. So when I got a drink, I'm ready to pay. They said, no, it's open bar. I'm like, what does it mean that it's open? Like, it's like a pussy open or something. Like, or is it like, is it open when you just grab drinks? It said, it's like, the, the guy was, was a black guy. says, no, nigga, it's free drinks. I was like, why you didn't just say that? I got a couple of my guys in. Kanye was there. But it's the people uh, who I've met that really helped me change my life. I met uh, King Texas. Uh, I met Solana, a.k.a. SZA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Dice, the God. I met uh, homies from uh, Lamont and Dolly. I met D and Ricky. I met so many people that like changed my life for the trajectory. So that's how mm-hmm. my story really started. Cause from there I ended up learning about Sway and all these other clubs and like fucking A Life and um Union and all these places that are closed now, but they were big and, and very detrimental to me back in those days. So yeah. that's how it really started of me getting in that way. Cause I was just shooting videos like not really, like I wasn't really shooting, but with my boys. But when that happened, I was shooting events, and I shot. So after I, that, you just started to, to like shoot more and more events. I was shooting with GFC, Calendar, um, Style. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was shooting with a lot of who else? Uh, ASAP Rocky and them. I met them. Theophilus London. I was, mm-hmm. I was back then. Uh, and that's like the brink of the digital era too. So that's like a that's a a nice spot to be for real. It was like, and, and you know, Rihanna was always around. It was like so many people. Kanye was around mid of like early 2020, like 2010s. That's when I got with everyday people. And I, mm-hmm, and so. Mm-hmm. so in 2020, you had a brain stroke, correct? Hematomic brain stroke. Hematomic brain stroke. Okay. So during that time, so, you, so I'm always like kind of like intrigued by how people who kind of are in the, I guess, party world, how they keep up with their, like, health and wellness and stuff like that, and, like, if or if that's even a thing, or, if, you know, like, I feel like, I feel like if I worked in that scene, I wouldn't drink as much as, like, you know, I guess someone who's actually going to the party, in a sense, so I've, I've always wondered, like, do you, like, how, how did you operate 
because like this is your job but it's also fun and it's also like lots of vices around so like before we even get into what happened in 2020 like how were you operating before that Shit. as far as your health and wellness go before before i met shantae my ex-girlfriend i was i was out there walling after hours drugs alcohol all that stuff and in 2018 is when i really just quit it all i was like this is when i started dating my ex mm. and i was like you know what i want to start anew i don't want to start like wrong i wanted to start mm-hmm. like, over and i wanted to get i was smoking cigarettes everything so you know when it did happen the stroke i was very surprised i was like yeah i've been really taking care of myself but also mm-hmm. i've been arguing i was stressed and my blood pressure was high and i wasn't paying attention to that that's how I really got caught. I really just got caught because I was I was I caught I got caught lacking. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I was unhealthy or, you know, even now, like, you know, I still eat kind of, you know, terrible, but mm-hmm. I feel pretty well and I don't drink as much as I used to. So, mm-hmm. you know, that all happened and it was just, you know, when like I said, when the stroke happened, it was just crazy. But before that, you know, when even when I go to parties now, yeah, I get lit at everyday people. Everyday yeah. people you know, sometimes once a week. So that's the day I'm getting lit. That's it. That mm-hmm. one day. So mm-hmm. I'm not getting drunk on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, I, maybe just one that one Sunday, and then Monday through Friday, I'm not drinking. Yeah. You know? But me mm-hmm. before, I was drinking like I'll say during 2020, I drank a, a little bit more than usual because there was nothing mm-hmm. else to do. You know, we was. I getting- feel like we all do. Like it's just what it. It's just like so much a part of the culture. And I've been having like a lot of conversations because now people are starting to like think about other like like being sober curious just kind of like like lessening like drinking because it really is taking a toll on all of us like for real post pandemic well we can we'll get into that later let's talk about what happened with your stroke what led up to it um it was like well I met you after the stroke but I like going on your Instagram and seeing it was like so many people that just I guess everyone just like it was a an outpour of love for you and what and what was happening so walk everyone through the whole thing. So let's talk about December. December. So the whole year has been like a rough year for me and, and Shantae. And we really were like fighting more than usual compared to 2019, which was my favorite best year. I just finished traveling the world with everyday people. We had like 60 events. Like we were going up. And then in 2020, we were going to do even twice. We were going to do more events. We were we were on it. We started February. Like we started mm-hmm. early. We were gonna start. We started everyday people February before COVID hit and like kind of messed up the whole trajectory. You know what I'm saying to where, where we were trying to go. Um, yeah, no, I, it was like the whole year I was stressed. I was like, I'm not gonna be partying. I don't, I'm not. I might lose my work. Like I'm a. I'm a. You know, right now I'm a. I'm a guy that shoots. I don't need to be in in crowded areas over the people. So you're telling me I can't do movies no more. I can't do parties. Where my money gonna come from? At that given time, the government was giving us. Handsomely, and then oh, some. Yeah. It was paying <laughs> us. I'm not gonna hold yeah. you until about September. But like at that same time, it's like with all that money, like people were getting 1,100 a week, 800, like 900. Mm-hmm. We were buying Don Julio 1942 like it was water. Literally, Casamigo, like Casamigos. Liquor store closing at nine, ten. You run in the liquor store by eight. You got three. Going to the park to drinking. Yo, we were wilding. <laughs> like we, I mean but but what could we do like this was like that was that yeah, I, I really think we don't take enough credit for like that was a historical un, like that was something crazy to happen to us so, so we didn't know how to react or what to do or what the world was gonna look like we gotta chill and enjoy and then it gets bars were like you can still come to us you just can't buy liquor inside we're mm-hmm. gonna sell outside so now they're selling like liquor like it's icy's outside. You like Yeah, I walk around with our slushy like Yeah, so and because of that, I'm drinking a whole lot more than I'm usually mm-hmm. drinking. I'm not working. I'm still getting paid though, but I'm Yeah. And then we also still like doing stuff like at home. So they need me to edit this, edit that, and then I'm doing these little short films, very short films that really got me a lot more attention. And, you know, shout out to Kelly Rowland because we became she became a fan of my work because of that. So Oh, that's amazing. Yes. We love Back her. to December, I go to Africa. I go to Zanzibar with DJ Moma, Boss, our people, Shantae, um, Sharnita. Shout December out to 2020? December 2020, uh, like 
I say a week before, like a week and a half before Christmas. Okay. Me and me and Tay get into this huge fight. You know, it, it wasn't a cute. It was bad. We're starting to make up, but I'm still kind of stressed. I'm also eating a lot of seafood, which you know keeps keep, you know gives you high blood pressure. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I know that. Sleep. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, yeah, like, why is this not like you know? But so, um, the next day I was in the crib, but I, my head was hurting. It was like I got a headache. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, it's six in the morning. I'm, I'm to the bathroom, coughing out blood. My mother was at my house at the time, mm-hmm. banging on the walls to get her attention because she was supposed to go back to Atlanta, and if she would have, I wouldn't be alive today. So because she stayed an extra day, she found me in the bathroom, like trying to like hold myself up. I fall oh on the gosh. floor. She goes, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I can't talk because there's blood all in my brain because a blood vessel somewhere in my body burst, bursted and it went in my brain, which mm-hmm. then my right eye as well. I'm blind mm-hmm. in my right eye now. So I, I can't. You ever- did tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys can't tell, but I can't see out of this eye. It looks normal. Mm-hmm. But so is the other eye stronger? Like, did other senses no, get stronger? Actually, no, it's none of my senses got stronger because I didn't lose the, like, this. I lost, like, it's like blood covering something. It's a whole thing that I don't know. And okay, nobody okay. knows what's wrong with my right eye, pretty much. You know, we, we, we don't know how to cure it, nothing. Yeah. I just kind of gave up on it. And I was like, all right, well, if I want to, like, wear a patch, I'll look cool. But my left eye can't. Like, if it's, like, super bright now and I go into super darkness, or like a dark club, it's hard for me to see in a club. Mm-hmm. Like I can't go from super light to super dark. So okay, yeah. so yeah, I'm having a stroke now, and your mom, mom finds you. Mm-hmm. My mom doesn't call nine one one first; she calls my grandmother. And my grandmother like my, my mom was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what's going on. He's coughing blood, yada yada yada." My grandmother goes, "Why the fuck would you call me? Call nine one one super calmly, not yelling at her." She goes, "Oh, why would you call me, bitch? Call nine one one." Angel phone on her. Hurry. You think the EMTs were going to come, right? No, the cops came because they thought I was ODing. So the cop came looking like this. He looking around my room for drugs. Any drugs here? I'm like, what the fuck You're are you doing here? Kidding. It's like, it's like you you could have, you could, you're dying. Like, dying. I'm sitting there coughing blood. She's I'm spitting out blood. And they talk about some drugs. You see, this, you see this carpet and that furniture and all this? Yeah. All replaced after I had that stroke. It had to be. Because it was done but blood all around my room for me, like, coughing and spitting it up. Because I was literally dying, like, in my room. And then the EMTs came. It was two ladies. So the two ladies and my mom had to carry me down my steps. I'm, like, two-something. So the, so the police officer just left? No, he stood there the whole time and watched, like, still looking for drugs, too, like this. That is disgusting. Chewing his gum, like, I don't know why I remember him chewing gum. But I just remember looking at him, like, why is this nigga chewing gum? Like. <laughs> Like That's not funny. You feel like. No, no, no. He was like this. Like, <laughs> nigga Looking at something with his hand on his hip, probably. Like I'll beat him up. That's crazy. Bro, like, what's it? What's in this? Huh? I'm like, my nigga, it ain't drugs. And you're literally bleeding out. You know, got to got to the hospital immediately. Even if it was drugs, you still are about to like help. Yeah. Um, got to the hospital immediately flatlined. I f- immediately died, and um, and um, now they got me back. And then uh, my mom calls my uh, Shantae, my ex girl, calls her and goes, "I don't know what's going on. She's crying. She's hysterical. I'm her only son. You know, my dad mm-hmm. got three other boys." I so got- they told your mom that that you flatlined. I'm, I'm gonna get to that. Okay. <laughs> what what they say next is fucking horrendous, and I didn't know that you can like do that or even say that to people. They're in the hospital waiting. They hear them go, we need, we need, a, a, um, we need medical, uh, we need some doctors and everybody in this room. And then they said, we need you guys to hurry because I, I flatlined again. And I was, but it was kind of hard right. to hesitate me this time. I was done. I was like, I was dead. At that point, I'm just dead at this point. They just, now they're just like, I couldn't even breathe on my own. So what are you, let's pause, like, what are you, if anything, but what were you experiencing if you can't remember anything while like in that flat line phase. I feel like a lot of people always question like the afterlife and like what that looks like. Is there another dimension that's going on? We don't like another level of consciousness. Like I feel like when people flatline, it's like they are almost there but not there. I don't know. Like what 
like get, like paint a picture I, for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel, I'm gonna paint a, I'm gonna paint a very uh a description picture for you. For me, the whole time I was going to the hospital and everything, and my brain and what was going on in my mind was like I was being carried off, like a surgery almost. Like I couldn't really move, but I knew what was going on. But it didn't feel like I was being taken to the hospital. I feel like I was being taken to like death or like this is the end. And my mom somehow was like a spirit that was with me. It was like a weird dream though. And then I thought I was going to jail because that was the whole thing. Like I did a crime and and this is it. I'm going to jail. And I maybe because also because that stupid ass police officer. Yeah, I asked him like, and I put. <laughs> It was a weird situation. Like your mind would just put all things together. And then next thing you know, um, the whole time I was in the dream, I couldn't talk because they put the trach and I, I just couldn't talk. And then uh, next thing you know, I wake, I like close my eyes and I'm up and I'm in this room. My mom's boyfriend at the time, uh, ex-boyfriend now, but boyfriend, uh, Dave, he's actually my barber too. Um, shout out to Dave. Shout out to you, Dave. Mm-hmm. He comes into a room. It's like, we're like, in this like a nice little cute hut. He goes, how you doing? Very soft, deep voice. Mm-hmm. Hey, so we decided to take you here because you deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be there in jail. We got your favorite beer. We got your favorite liquor. Come out when you're ready. For some reason, there was a kimono dragon next to me, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. And it was trying to eat me. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that was. And I get up. I grab a Corona. It's the best Corona I ever had. I go outside. Everything outside, like, towards, like, the ocean, I guess I hear I can hear ocean. It was bright. My whole family was there, dead, oh alive, gosh. and everybody oh my, like was just dead, dead and alive. Yeah, and it was just really bright. It was like a beautiful, really beautiful day. Like I'm like, am I in LA or some shit? What's going on? <laughs> You're like, this weather crazy. not like New Jersey. Yeah, and I'm just, <laughs> like, and I'm just like, oh shit, I think I'm dead. Cause I'm like, oh I've gosh. seen I see like in forever, like my cousin Ed, my uncle, and you know these they passed away, and it was all my loved ones, and everybody was there, and everybody was just kind of like pat me on the back, like yeah man, you know, couldn't let you go down like that. We got gifts for you. They've given me gifts, and it just really felt like it was my birthday. Like I really like, uh, I don't know. Oh my god, it felt like it was your birthday. And That's then, wild. And then out of nowhere, that Komodo dragon came outside and looked at me like, <laughs> wait. Yeah, and the next thing you know, I'm back. I'm waking up, and I'm in a room that I don't recognize, and I got all these tubes down my throat. I'm choking, can't talk. I got I got everywhere. I, I hear a beep, beep. It's a lot of beeping in the hospital, and I'm just trying my best to get the fuck off this and get the tubes and everything off me. I kept this is having, in real real time. Yeah, this is real time. Now okay. I'm, to, I'm very confused. I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I got a New Year's Eve party to do. I gotta get out of here. Kept saying, stop it, or I'm going to put your ass to sleep. I'm like, what is this lady talking about? So after that, now I'm in a coma for a month. Right after that, all of January. Wake up again, very confused, because my last dream, I was in a Wait, so she put you to sleep, or you just went back? You fell back? I went back to sleep. I just fell back to sleep, and I, I got I got put in a, 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 a fucking induced coma. Okay. The pain was too, was too great, and it was like, Trying to take my oh, life, like, mm-hmm. you know, they they was giving, they gave me the Michael Jackson drug, the drug that killed Mike. They gave me fentanyl. They was giving me all types of just to keep the pain down. Mm-hmm. The pain might be too much that it would like, you know, end up like, actually I, kill you. Yeah, for like you know, killing me. So they just put my ass in a coma, and then I just really fell into one, and then I was just in it for like all of January, and you know that whole thing going through that mentally, it really fucked me up. I'm not gonna hold you. Like the mental of it is like I couldn't believe I had a stroke at that age. Yeah. But then over time, I realized a lot of people had strokes of that age and young. And a lot of people of a young age do have strokes. It could be high blood pressure. It could be something that you don't realize that is going on or it's mm-hmm. happening. And, you know, and it happens. You know, it, it happened mm-hmm. to the best of us. It happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was doing pretty well and eating and taking care of myself. But I also was stressed. And I was also, yeah. I didn't like know. The stress probably like triggered it for sure. The funny thing was, I was going to take a break from drinking too. Oh wow! I was gonna drink all of January and February. I was gonna take a whole like three month break and shit. And uh, fast. Yeah, it was a scary situation. Like, I it took me two years to recover. It was a crazy. What's also story. interesting to me is like who you saw in those dreams. Like, you is is Dave like a father type figure to you? He's like a like an uncle or like, like an uncle type, type figure. Like, well, he's okay. like older to be my father though. But 
Yeah, but in a sense of just like who he is to you as a person, like you know, that's just interesting that that's who was like a calm in like that storm as well. And it's like your whole family being there and stuff like that too. Yeah. And, and then your girl. He checked on me a lot. Shantae stayed with my mom the whole uh, January, stayed at my house, waited for me. And I was so mean to her. Shantae, if you watching this, I am sorry. Mm-hmm. I was so, so mean to her. We just talked about that the other day, yesterday, uh, when I was supposed to be here yesterday. And she, you know, But we talked about it and I wasn't really like distant because I, I was in my mind going through a lot of like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? And I don't know what I'm going through. And it's like, how to, I was trying to figure out how it happened. Why the fuck am I blind in my right eye? What's taking this fucking neck thing to heal so long? And why can I not stand up for more than five minutes? Mm-hmm. And even what, when I was, um, was hard too. Everything. Yeah, like what advice, I guess, would you give people who, even like if their friend is going through something, whether it's a health thing, whether it's just like a mental health thing or whatever, and they want to be there for that person or that friend, but it might be taking a toll on on them. You know, like it might, like 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 how yeah. you're saying you were being mean to your girl. I'm sure that was hard for her. But, of co- but like, shout out to her for doing that. Like, that is a huge blessing. So I guess what advice would you give to someone who has to be there for someone, but it's just really hard to do that? Take your time. You know, mm-hmm. just take your time plus more time. It needs to be very, not monotical, but, like, a real, like, sit down, let me think. Don't get upset about, you know, how they're talking. I had friends tell me, like, yo, this ain't you. Like you, you're a different person. It was mm-hmm. like it was like a former shell of myself, and I had to. It took me, like I said, it took me two years to get back. I was making so many mistakes, and I did so much dumb shit, and I made so many promises I couldn't keep, and like I was so. so like tired. you're saying afterwards for like a year, that's what, like how you were. For like a good two years, I was making a good two years mistakes and just doing dumb shit, but I, I wasn't myself anymore. You know, like I was so in my head, and then I had to get a therapist that really helped out a lot. Get your friend a therapist if you yes. want. Yes. Like men, mental shit. They got to get their mental. I have to get my mental back. What has your therapy, like what, like I guess if you want to share any breakthroughs or is it just like for you just talking to talking to someone, letting it out? What has therapy like done for you? For me, it was more like I need you to listen. I don't need, I don't need you to, to say much. I just need you to listen and ask like the right questions. And the therapist that I had, the two, the three that I had, they all really just like listen and like, you know, like, okay. So what does that make you feel, and what is it? Because sometimes all I, all I really need is somebody to listen. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear. I don't want to hear what you got to say. I need, mm-hmm. I need it to be a one sided conversation. Like I don't care about your day. Right. Don't, don't project your- anything. Yeah. Yes. Just listen to what I got to say right now, because I mm-hmm. I need you to just listen, and that's what I really needed. I needed someone to listen, because I needed to talk some shit about some people. You know. <laughs> like, sometimes was- sometimes you guys just talk some shit like. Yeah. Literally, and, you know, and then you know, I had a good cry in 2022 when I really like thought about it overall. Because a lot you of you only people, cried one time. I cried a couple of times, but okay, I'm like, I had one really good cry though, because it was just like a lot of people were really lovely. You know, they was like, I have, I was still running into friends even to this day. I'm still running into friends like, yo, fam, you don't understand how much that hurt me. Like, and people were telling me like, you know, imagine like you sitting at home and. You know, the love of your life, or your son, or your your uncle, your your uncle, your cousin, somebody you really care about is like in this coma, and it's it's going on days mm-hmm, now. You don't know. It's almost about to be a month, and they say, "Oh, he's waking up here and there, but he's back to sleep." That shit's fucking scary. Like, mm-hmm. and when I woke up, I wasn't very loving to nobody. I was just mm-hmm. very myself because to me, nobody was real in a sense. You know, I, I what do you still, mean? Like, I was still coming to to myself. Like, I was still... Like, your con- everything was still, like, coming back. It's almost like everything got, like, swiped away exactly. and had to, like, come back. Yeah, so for me, it was, like, a real... I, I need a minute. And it even goes for some people who might have, like, like ongoing health things like lupus or yeah. even, like, e- like, a lot of eczema or just people who aren't comfortable in their body for whatever health reasons and people are, are like, like, they might seem like miserable or like like what's wrong with them but it's nice to know like okay they might be going through something deeper that you just don't know about you know health wise is why they're just like you know yeah and act, for me, acting that way and for, yeah it was, for me it was like i went from being a real like you know strong boy to strong man and i never had like real challenges like learning how to rewalk that also was in rehab that was my rehab i was in a wheelchair most of it until they give you like a green sticker on your back 
or you can go without the wheelchair. But if you don't have it, you have to be in your wheelchair 24-7 unless you're in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I just wasn't like mentally ready for. Like to be like, yo, you can't walk. A thing you've been doing your entire life. You can't do that no more. Not because you don't want to. I couldn't even sit up. I was like this. Yeah. If I sat up. I feel like I was like the whole world was like this. And if I, if I would have, st- they would have to help me stand a little bit and I would walk like, like I was like, I was fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. Story- I feel like a lot of insecurities and things like that too. Yeah. I feel like a lot of men don't talk about like their health issues got to actually they don't at all like now i'm thinking about it i know that like if someone has told me like someone i'm dating like like tells me like about a health scare or whatever it's like really like a big deal for them to even like open up about it but it's like you guys need to start talking about that more and it's not it doesn't make y'all weak or anything because you went through that you know it's just it's health we all have health you know but but I do understand that feeling of weakness though, because that's what I was feeling like. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so weak, and I've never felt this weak. And I feel like if I did talk, even when I got to the hospital, my mother was on my back immediately to be exercising, walking. I'm like, fam, I just got home. I don't want to do shit, but just lay in his bed for a couple of days. She mm-hmm. like, one day hit, he'll get up, run. My mother was like the harshest critic, but also the most caring. But that's because I needed that. But at the time, I was just like, yo, am I, 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 I just meant yeah. to beat it. And then my mental health wasn't at a good level. And I had to get that back. You know, sometimes when you tell that, especially the black people, you know, like the therapy is a thing, uh, mental health, you know, physical health. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't want to hear that shit or they don't yeah. want you know, I want to get better and get back to working with EP, which I did later on that year. But when I first, when I first went back, which was in like May mm-hmm. or June, it was a little difficult. I, I was like, you know, and I was taking these meds that kept putting me to fucking sleep at like 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I had to like find a way to eat, take those meds at like four. Shout out to my man, Anthony, Anthony Smooth. Great dude. I would, we would drive to EP and I would sleep in his car every time like this. Mm-hmm. I would take my meds, pass out in his car and then go to everyday people and be good to go. And then that's amazing. So I feel like, so, and I feel like they, they supported you a lot. Like the whole community supported you a lot throughout that process, right? I really appreciate everybody that supported. Like, thank you all. Love you guys. Like, I know it's been two years and we, we're we kind of like whatever about it, but I always- The community is everything. It, it is. really is. You really got to- and, it, and it's good that you shared it. Like, like what made you want to actually put it out there? It help, helps with- it, Actually, for me, it helps mentally to talk about it and to put like it Like, just out be there. straight up. Yeah, not to like let it sit. If you let it sit in your head or you let it just stew, let it stew right. over Beef stew ain't always good for you. That's what I mean. Beef yeah. stew is delicious, but it ain't good for you. But, you know, sometimes I don't want to talk about it, and then I don't. You know, mm-hmm. I don't got to talk about it every day, but I run into new women. I run into new, like, friends, and I got to tell them, like, yo, I might forget you. Like, And I forget a lot now, too. So oh, there's still mm-hmm. long-term effects. Like, I'm missing my right eye. My, my memory is even worse than it was before. Like you could tell me your name right now, and I'll I'll forget it in like two seconds. And mm-hmm. oh, I give, I give you even a better one. If I haven't seen you or heard from you in a while, I'll forget your name and your whole face and everything. It's about like you. forget everything. Yeah, like, like my brain can't store as much as like it used right. to. Right. You know. Well, late, like later, that, someone kind of like gives you hints. Could you recall, or it's still just like? No, no. If you can give me hints, I can recall, but I might like forget you. I'm like, mm-hmm. you gotta be okay. It takes like a minute. Yeah with it so makes me feel bad and then i was like now i'll be like i don't give a fuck fuck you mm-hmm. i can't feel bad like i had this situation that happened in my brain that's like and it still affects me and then you know explaining that over and over does get a little annoying but i don't mind explaining it you know mm-hmm. people be like oh yeah and then they feel bad I'm like oh my bad i forgot no you didn't you just it's like you just say reason how i forgot you you forgot what i what you know people forget that's just all yeah it's okay it's, yeah so how do you, I guess, live your life now in 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 a, in a sense of like your routine, your everyday routine, stuff like that, and also just like in a spiritual and like yeah, in like your world perspective, is it different? How are you now? I and try not matters? to think too far ahead. I, I I don't think I really can think too far ahead anymore. Mm. For me, I got I got I take it day by day because low key in my mind, it don't come up all the time. But like very rarely, onto the blue, I always think I'm on borrowed time. Sometimes now that I've I've touched death mm. and I, I've had this happen, 
I'm always like, yo, appreciate every minute, every day, every second, every every hour as much as you can because, like, like I said, that shit happened out of nowhere. It just came you know literally out of nowhere. I was like chilling and happy one day, and then I was dead and in a coma the next. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I took that and go, let's focus on today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can think about what you want to do for the week, but like focus on today, enjoy. And making day. today like that day. Because, you know, that would suck. It's like, you know, I'll see y'all tomorrow. All right. And then you don't. Right. Oh, I didn't tell you what they told my mother. What made mm-hmm. me so mad and made her so upset. So when I was, you know, flatlining, they said, if he flatlines again, we don't have to resuscitate him. We can let him go. What? Mm-hmm. Like, but they, why, who would who would say okay to that? Well, if, if somebody. the bills and stuff? You got to realize, I also was like, low-key brain dead too like they were saying like yo it don't look good for him even if he survives it he's gonna be a vegetable it was over for me i wasn't breathing on my own uh i i don't know how everything came back but they were just like it's a wrap for this boy that's what they said and they said and that's what they said if he you know goes flatline again we don't have to revive him if you don't want what do you think about like the health care system and stuff like that now that you've been through that like because I feel like there's a lot of times, especially with black people, like they don't dig deep enough into what's really wrong. They kind of just do these blanket diagnosis. And it's like everyone is so different. And like you survived. Yeah. And, they, and like what if your mom was like older or something or she just didn't have it and just was like, actually, OK, just like let's just let it go, you know, because I, I, that's what they thought, which is they're, they're wrong. You're sitting here talking to me right now. Honestly, it has a lot to do with my family and how much they care about me. Also, like, there was, like, there's certain things I got taken away from me. I don't know if I can say it. I'm going to say it anyway. You can say it. So I had to, they, had to, they had to physically wash me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I wasn't too happy about how I was looking. Like, my body looked like it got ran through a, with, a, with a fucking truck. But it's like you're in the hospital. No. Nah. When your mind is like, I don't care. Like, fuck that. I've never been this vulnerable around anybody. And that's also another thing as to, like, just going to the hospital, I mean, well, to the doctor more, because you'll be more comfortable with people, like with nurses and with doctors looking at your body and stuff like that. I feel like we don't go enough. So it's kind of just like everything just feels weird in the doctor in the hospital. What do you think about like heaven and hell now, or just like that whole concept of like the afterlife? Like, what are your thoughts on it now? I've always thought afterlife is the same thing. It's like we go to our our greatest memories and, and we're just all just like, we have our own private island. That's what you get when you go to heaven. Wow. If you do go to heaven, hell is like your private night, your private nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like what I was going through in the hospital was like kind of like hell to me in the sense of I was like, yo, I, I just didn't understand. I always wanted my mom. I wanted my mommy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mom. That's what I was felt like. I felt like a, a child. Wow. And so my mom and them left, um, I would cry. And like so, you so you could feel them. You knew. And then when I would talk, it would go. Ah, oh, it would like it sounds like I'm screaming at them, but it sounds like my voice is like so far like. Oh, like I was mm-hmm. like I didn't leave, but they had to go at like nine ten o'clock because that was the last time for visiting hours, and I just was like please don't leave me. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be left with them. This one particular nurse is either gonna rape me or she's gonna fucking kill me. Oh my god! I, I really believe she was gonna kill me. And then they would laugh and they would do stuff and I, I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. So it like you know, me being a filmmaker, my mind was racing. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna cut him up and cut his dick off. I'm like, no, not my you, I'm not sure if you plan to like make like a show or make something from this, but like it's so much that you could do with with that experience creatively. Cause what? Cause cause a lot of our minds have not gone to that place. So there's, there's so much that you can show us, even just from talking to you. That's why I was like, oh my God. But like, that'd be dope to see what you can do creatively with that too. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you this one thing that happened mm-hmm. after I got to the hospital that I didn't know was going to happen. And then, but I, when, I, when it happened, it was very dislike, demoralizing. And it really just kind of put me back in this real like sad state and depression. My penis wasn't working. Oh my gosh. Like, it, it couldn't work. So like you was trying to you was trying to do it and it didn't. So uh let me give you the first time that I, I try to with you know with my girl, you know, she 
She ain't getting none in the wild. She's a real one. Yes. Wherever she's at. She's she's a real one. A queen. I, I, a super queen. Shout out. Love you, Tay. Thank you so much. Again, I, I told her that yesterday when he was kicking it. I was like, yo, thank you so much. Fucking, um, <laughs> I, we, you, we make it out. I'm just like, yo, I'm about to bust. I feel like I'm not even doing anything. She touched me a little bit and I do nut, but nothing came out. So I had to read, like, you know, get my, it was like a whole thing. I just like reprogram was, everything. Yes, my body was too sensitive, and I had to re get there. So it was a couple of months. She had to really deal with some some trash shit. Some trash. Mm-hmm. I was giving her fucking that trash. Because <laughs> this is like even a, a lesson in just like dating and dealing with someone who you really really care about, but y'all are going through like life things. And that's that's what's happening to a lot of us in this age, like right now. So it's like, so what happened? Would you say and like. Like, why is she your ex? What I was like, I wasn't giving her love, the love that she deserved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really on me. And I, I really apologize for that. And, you know, I just really wanted to be to myself with it. I needed to be alone with this uh, this, this, this stroke thing, you know, mm-hmm. think about it and really think about how this really is going to affect me for the rest of my life and not having an eye and being a one-eyed filmmaker. I need my eyes. I'm a filmmaker. I need, yeah. I'm, I'm a cinephile. I'm a filmmaker. All that shit is all eyes, and I only got one. So you know, it's it's real, like you know, menacing, and it's and it's really scary. And I just really wanted to do it alone at first. You know, she was real supportive and everything, but I didn't give her the love she deserved, and mm-hmm. I was real mean. And I again, like, it really sucked mm-hmm. that I would like it. It ended like that, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like a lot of like. Like women, we aren't getting that love or whatever from the guy that we want it from. And a lot of times it's because they are going through something that's like deeper than all of this that they need to like sort out for themselves. But it's kind of like, are we supposed to stay through all of this? Or, you know, are we supposed to go and find our happiness? And maybe if it works out later, you know, it's, it's really a tricky thing. But I do want women to stop blaming themselves Cause I yeah. feel like we do that a lot. Like we will start nitpicking ourselves. Like, is it me? Is my hair not long enough? My booty not big enough? Like, what is it? But it's really like the man and his own things that he has going on, or vice versa, or vice versa. If it's not working out the other way, you know? Yeah, no, it was definitely on. You know, and we had some some fights in 2020 that really didn't have to happen. And you know, she was making these you know life choices that I wasn't really too uh, approving of and not happy with. And, I was doing, I was drinking too much and, and being drunk and just doing dumb shit. It was yeah, just- we don't talk about that enough either. Like, we talk about all the relationship problems, but like how vices also like escalate stuff and just make things way more messy than they should be. Like, that needs to be thrown in the relationship debates and conversations for real. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. So, huge- you need, so I, I hope you give yourself grace as you're like adapting and don't beat yourself up for like how you were like and I'm sure everyone who knows you knows your heart you know what I'm saying and knows you're a good person I'm atoning and, yeah you life. said what I'm atoning for like the last two years of like, yeah I mean I make dumb mistakes and you know it made me also we all realize, do but it also made me realize like I can't use that as a as a crutch that's true and I was using it for a crutch like yo come on man it's just happened and I you know people always start like I know you had this but you know this, that, and the third, and I'm tired of people saying, "I know you had this." Now it's just mm. I don't want that to be a, a like I said, I don't want to be a crutch. And like a part of your that. narrative, like yeah, which I, it is a part of my narrative, and I'm okay with it, even if they bring it up. But I want them to be like, you know, good job. That's that's yeah. All but nah, so okay, so before we wrap up, I feel like I could talk to you forever. But before we wrap up, yes. um, like what do you want to leave everybody with from your journey and what you've experienced you have not shared already? The new saying I'm going with is be kind. Mm-hmm. Be kind to your family. Be kind to your loved ones. Be kind to the girls that love you and the men that mm-hmm. love you as well. Be kind to your girlfriend. Be kind to your boyfriend. Be kind to your side chick. Be kind to your, <laughs> your side dude. Yeah. Be kind to everybody that's in your life. You know, I could have been, I am my mom's only, you know, Wanda Barker is her name. I'm mm-hmm. Wanda Barker's only son. I'm Kevin Jordan's third 
my bad, fourth son, and I'm his oldest, you know, so he got mm-hmm. three more. I, my mom would have nobody, you know, and I, I would hate to be, you know, buried by my mom. That's the one thing yeah. I, I don't ever want. So what I say is be kind to your family, you know, if you, you beefing with them, make up with them, you know, right. don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't have them go out with hatred in their heart for you. Mm-hmm. Like go and make up, um, wear condoms. That's important. <laughs> that is that important. People don't like to wear them. At all. People hate that. I don't mind. I got a whole drawer for them. I don't mind wearing condoms. Cause raw just feel like raw feel like somebody's whispering in my ear like, yo, you know you don't gotta pull out, right? What do you mean, bro? Yo, you don't have to. A baby ain't that bad. That's what raw does. Raw makes you believe in things that don't exist. So where 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 your con? And as far as men's health go, well, like what would you say to that? And, and when it comes to like stress, especially too, and eating. Mm-hmm. Walk away. Take a moment. Walk away. Think to yourself and go. Breathe in. That mm-hmm. helped a lot. Even taking my time and them, them like breathing really is the key to a lot of things. The fucking key. So simple and free. So simple, so free. Breathe, guys. Um, I know you think that nobody cares. I'm gonna tell you guys, I care. Mm. I care for you. I care for your health. I care for your happiness. I care for it all. Mm-hmm. Care for yourself and know that I care for you as well. Me too. I care too. A heterosexual male cares for you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to be straight and care about other men, bro. Yes. Like I it care. Really I, love is. My dudes. I love my guys. We just oh, me and my guys just had real quick. Me and my guys had dinner over mm-hmm. the week. It's the greatest thing ever to like sit with your guys and you know you grew up with my. I call them my childhood brothers. Mm-hmm. We we sat down. We had dinner. Then we went to like SNS bar and we had got bottles. We had table. Mm-hmm. We just really enjoyed ourselves. Love yourself, gentlemen. Also, mm-hmm. checked out. Go to the, get that. Yo, I'm at that age where I'm just soon had to go get that uh, colon like check. The, check, the you prostate. Know? That prostate got to get checked soon. Get that check. You know, I gotta go. Yeah, they're already getting in touch to play with anyway. So, so it's some people just go. Wow. No. I'm just saying. You got you got you got some little something off your chest you want to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> are, are you do your fingers got something to say? Jesus, yo, go get your blood. Go get your blood work. Go get blood done. Oh. You don't want to have a stroke, um, yo, gentlemen, women. You don't want to have a stroke. A mild one, a mini one. I had a massive one, and mm-hmm. I'm lucky. And other young men are having, like, we've heard of uh, about other young men having these strokes and things like that, like Maybe as well. Maybe. Yes, that's yeah, who it was. Like mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. one covered. My uh my best friend Ari, shout out to her and my uh her boyfriend BJ, his brother had one. He's like a couple of years older. He also kind of like re- recovered really well. And mm-hmm. you know, if I had a stroke, I gotta talk to him. It's like, yo, we my man Nunny. He too had a stroke. Yeah, you're like, Dang. I'm just like, all right, let's get into it. You know, <laughs> survive yours because you look fine like yeah. you. Follow your dreams. Yes. Do something that you love. Don't work a job just for the money. You ever see how guards look? When they work in like the parties, don't be a security guard. They be miserable. They fucking hate their job, but they make some bread when they want to. But they're not a fan of the job. Don't be them. Don't Mm -hmm. be a fan of your job. You shouldn't be at a job you hate. Unless you're a felon, I get that. I'm sorry. (laughs) That sucks. No, it's true because you're very limited when you, you know, you look. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for you? Speaking of dreams, outside of what you're already doing, um, and you might already be living your dream because I, f- I feel like sometimes people are like, what's this? What's next? And I think that also gets us in depressive modes too sometimes. The next few things I want to do, I want to, you know, like I said, I want to build up everyday people. I also want to build up Nappy Hour and everything I'm working. I want it to get to the next level. I'm mm-hmm. also writing a book. It's called uh, Dead Ass Facts. Oh, wow. Volume, volume 1, New York City. It's a, it's a fact book. I can send you some of the, uh, I'm going to send you a page. Yeah, send it to me. Mm-hmm. Send your page after this interview is over. Uh, I'm seeing that. Uh, I'm also trying to do a TV show called uh, Dating While Black. That's mm-hmm. something out there. So I wrote the first, you know, the pilot episode and everything. And, you know, a future film in the future. I got some time, you know? Mm-hmm. You have time, yeah. Time, for sure. You know? Maybe i have a kid someday, you know? Maybe I'll get mm-hmm. back. Love that. Is that what to we my always, daughter? like, end the show with um, what brings you peace of mind. Um, 
So you can go ahead. Like what? Or like so? So so it can be like what's been bringing you peace of mind this week? What brings you peace of mind? Period. Like movies. Going to the movie theaters brings me so much peace of mind. Like, love, love it, and working everyday people. Mm-hmm. It's mine because you know I'm giving, I'm giving my black community a a, a a a circle, a community to, I'm giving them my community to to be a part of, of you know us having a good time and not worrying about anything, but having a good time and booty, and booty it makes me. That's good. a great place to. I just want to lay booty. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't even want to do nothing nasty to it. I just want to lay on it, like lay on lay on it, rub it, and just be loving to it. Would he be like, I do love you? And I'd be like, I love you too. <laughs> it's 